the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. So to review the past half hour, we've been talking about what is necessary for our country to get back to where it is. And it's not waiting for an election. It's not putting your hope in one candidate. It's a grassroots movement. We started as a nation because of farmers and merchants who took up arms. And that's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying take up arms. I'm not saying stage an insurrection. Oh, I'll have a big celebration in Washington on January the 6th, won't they? about how awful and terrible and horrible we are. And this kind of narrative is out there that, you know, if you dare push back against what the elites want to teach in schools or if you dare push back against their so well-intentioned efforts to help you escape the clutches of COVID, uh, well, then you're you're somebody that, that is the problem, not the solution. I don't believe that. I believe the people that push back against the... Uh, dominant narrative being put forth from the White House and places that support the White House. I believe that that's the key to figuring this out and returning us to where we are. I've said I've been inspired by moms who stepped out and took incredible criticism and paid incredibly painful penalties. Amy and Andrea and Columbus Academy, Felicia... Jen and Olin Tangi, Lisa Chafee and Hilliard, and others. Some won. The ones that didn't win didn't quit. And I don't want you to quit. I don't want you to give up. But I also don't want you to be uh, unaware of how difficult this fight is going to be. Ben Dominich made it pretty clear last night on Fox News Tonight. If I could tell you honestly that this moment did not demand much of you, I would. But the hour is late. And the task before us is enormous. So often the left wins because they count on you to stop fighting. Conservatives don't temperamentally believe everything is political. But totalitarians don't take days off. And that's why the wide awake movement must be big tent. Successful revolutions demand it. There are more of us than there are of them. There are more of us than there are of them. But you have to be discerning, you have to pray for wisdom, you have to invest in wisdom. And wisdom is the discernment to apply truth even when it conflicts with what you might be inclined to believe. You have to be willing to always be factoring in things that are happening and testing yourself against what you're being told and whether it is true or not. Case in point, you hear from Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and the progressives in Congress, that it would be good for the working class to forgive student debt, eliminate student debt. But this would be a way that they're fighting for the little guy, right? 
Tim Ryan will tell you that. Bernie Sanders will tell you that. They'll all tell the fighting for the little guy. Did you know that half of all student debt was incurred to pay for advanced degrees, master's degrees, PhDs? Who are those people part of? Are they part of the everyman section of America? Are they part of the elite of America? Are they part of the class of people that believes in the divine inspiration of our country, freedom, liberty, pursuit of happiness, meritocracy, equality of opportunity, not equality of outcome? Or are they the people who are pushing for the government to take care of your kids because you can't be trusted to take care of your own kids. Yeah, let's cancel all student loan debt so we can advantage the people who are already advantaged. I know there's some people who will benefit from this, who are part of the working class, but they would have you believe that all would. That's not true. It's just not true. Bill de Blasio the other day, mayor of New York, The reason why people aren't vaccinated is because we don't have enough leadership. We need people to be leaders. We need people to uh, lead by threatening people's jobs. And if people's jobs are threatened, they'll do what you want them to do. Democratic leadership, leftist leadership, is not leadership because that's not leadership. That's tyranny. I'll take away the things that you have to have to enjoy life. And force you to do what I want you to do. Leadership is following people because they inspire you. And because you believe what they're telling you. Bill de Blasio wants you to do what he wants you to do, even though you don't believe what he's telling you. That is not leadership. That is tyranny. But in the way that we engage is also important. Because we can't argue our way to a win here. We can't scream and yell and be violent. The quieter your conversation the more powerful it often is. The problem with arguing with idiots, yelling at idiots, is that they will drag you down to their level, and then they will beat you with experience. Yeah, they're very experienced at their stupid, ignorant ideas. And when I say something is stupid and something is ignorant, it's not an insult. It is descriptive of someone who has the availability of knowledge and chooses not to avail themselves of that knowledge. The CRT advocates will tell you that uh, we're denying the authentic history of our country. No, that is not true. The seeds for the end of slavery were planted in the hearts of men by their faith in God, knowing that there was a huge chasm between, on one hand, enslaving people, and on the other hand, reading a Bible that said, love one another, and do unto others as you would have them do unto you. It was the call of faith on the hearts of men that planted and fertilized and grew the seed that led to the end of slavery. This is the authentic history of slavery in America. It is not a history that was born out of a desire to control people, a desire to control them and oppress them that continues to this day. That is a lie. 
We have to stand against lies, but we have to be able to articulate why they are lies. And I do feel sorry for people who are gripped by fear. And a lot of them, a lot of them. Ed Young is a writer for The Atlantic. He has won the Pulitzer Prize for his coverage of COVID. Um, He said last week he canceled his birthday party because he's terrified of the Omicron variant. Ed Young has a lot of awards that would indicate that he's brilliant. But in fact, he has the availability of knowledge, and he chooses not to avail himself of it because the Omicron variant is not that scary given the data, given the facts, given the truth from other countries. Uh, Tara Setmeyer is a CNN contributor, former GOP communications director, proof that there are people gripped by fear on both sides of the aisle, uh, said she had not been on a plane or gone to a movie since March of 2020 and has only eaten indoors twice this entire time, even though both she and her family are vaccinated and boosted. She is choosing to live in fear, which means she is choosing not to live. She is existing. She is not living. Only people who have convinced themselves that their inevitable future is the absolute worst outcome could possibly live this way. Uh, A column last week by CNN's Chris Chiliza said that Thanksgiving things were looking up, then Omicron came, and now he is gripped by a prevailing sense of doom. I feel bad for him. I feel bad for anybody who is fearful of COVID, fearful of our country, fearful of things that I think are imprisoning them to a life so less rich than they could be experiencing if they would open their eyes and see what an amazing privilege it is to live here. All the people who denigrate our country are the ones who purport to care about the future of our country and tell us that 200 and almost 50 years of history have been uh, horribly ordered, horribly executed. I don't believe that. And I don't believe they outnumber us. I don't believe that at all. Which is something Ben Dominich spoke about last night as he wrapped up his comments about what it's going to take for us to get our country back to where it was designed to be. The American crisis can be the opportunity for American renewal. That's why it's worth doing. It's only by doing hard things and overcoming them that we find genuine happiness. In the end, the failure of the Tea Party was that it didn't go far enough. Subsumed within the Republican Party, it became just one more aspect of a partisan mission to change America. The wide awakes of today must be something more. This is a movement that is larger than one political party because it traces its motivation back to the fundamental understanding of the relationship between the citizen and the state. There are some who mean to rule you, who believe you will always capitulate, you will always kneel, you will always sleep, so that they can do what they will. 
How scared do you think they will be when you show them what you are made of? When you show them you are wide awake? On that day, they will be right to be afraid. So I want to talk next about what true freedom is. And I think true freedom is a freedom from fear. And I want to put that in context of the Christmas story, because we are days away from Christmas. And there is uh, a phrase that surrounds the Christmas story that I think gets lost, that will be, I hope, inspiring and meaningful to you if we focus on it uh, in the final minutes of this program. That's next on The Bruce Hooley Show. So, final segment of the show, final show of the week, and I wanted to talk about Christmas, and I wanted to fold it into the topic we've been talking about this hour, which is, uh, where do we go from here in America? How do we avoid being hoodwinked by things that are not true? How do we stand for truth? How do we make a difference? And how do we proceed without fear? Without fear of cancel culture, without fear of consequences without fear of uh, death. How do we do that? Where do we draw inspiration from that? And I draw inspiration from that, from the Christmas story, not just because Jesus was born fully God, fully man with a mission to come live a sinless life as atonement for our sins, die on the cross, provide a way for us to be reconciled to God. Not just because of that, but of course that's the overwhelming message. But I find it interesting that in the two accounts of the birth of Christ in the Gospels, one in Matthew, one in Luke. Uh, The involvement, the heads-up given to various humans about what is going to happen, or what is happening, is met with a phrase that resonates with me today, and I hope will resonate with you. Uh, Let's start in Luke, shall we? Luke's Gospel starts with a notification given to the Father of John the Baptist, the father of John the Baptist, a guy named Zechariah. He was a priest. He and his wife had no children. And one day, uh, Zechariah goes into the temple, and he's doing what he's supposed to be doing in the temple. And an angel of the Lord appears to him. And in in, uh, Luke chapter 1, verse 12, it says, When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zechariah. And he explained to him, you're going to have a son, and he will foretell the coming of Christ. And then later on in Luke, uh, that angel appears to Mary, the mother of Jesus, the vessel through which he is born. And in Luke one chapter uh, in Luke chapter one verse twenty nine, after the angel said this, Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, "Do not be afraid." Hmm. Interesting. That phrase is repeated. And then, after John the Baptist is born, about six months before Jesus is born, Zechariah has his ability to speak restored because it was taken from him since he doubted what the angel said would happen. 
and he bursts into song at the birth of his son. And he talks about the arrival of his son and the eventual arrival of Jesus. And Zachariah said something that I never put together with the Christmas story before, the birth of Christ, and putting him on a path to crucifixion and all that would mean for us. Zachariah says that this is the fulfillment of a promise to Abraham, chapter 1, verse 74, to rescue us from the hand of our enemies and to enable us to serve him without fear. Do not be afraid. Do not fear. Serve him without fear. That is what the birth of Christ enables us to do. Then the shepherds in Luke 2 were met by the angels who said, Hey, unto you this day is born in Bethlehem a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And the shepherds were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. So now we have Zechariah, Mary, and the shepherds all told, Do not be afraid. That's in Luke. The other account of the events leading to and describing the birth of Christ is in the Gospel of Matthew. And this gives us an insight into the mindset of Joseph, who served in the fatherly role to Jesus because he was married to Mary, but he was not married to Mary when she was pregnant the first time with the baby Jesus via the Holy Spirit coming over her and putting the child inside her. And in that day, you can imagine how embarrassing, shameful it would be for a man, a Jewish man, to marry a young girl who had gotten pregnant by someone that was not him. Joseph would have known, it wasn't me. She must have cheated on me. And the Bible says he decided he was going to divorce her quietly, not make a spectacle out of it. But then an angel appeared to him in chapter 1, verse 20. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home for, as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. So Joseph, Mary, Zechariah, and the shepherds, the four people or groups of people who were given advance notice about what was going to happen by an angel that understandably terrified them were all told the same thing. Don't be afraid. If you're a person who reads the Bible, if you're a person who prioritizes Scripture, if you're a person who knows the stories in the Word of God, that phrase is in there a lot. Do not be afraid. And I don't think it's in there just as a historical account. It's in there because it is the essence of the sovereignty of God. Why would we be afraid if we serve a sovereign God? What is going to happen is either allowed or ordained by him. Sometimes what happens doesn't feel good, doesn't sit well with our vision of what should be, how it should be, who it should be. But ultimately, 
what I rest on, what I take inspiration from and comfort from, and yeah, encouragement from, is do not be afraid. Elsewhere in the Bible, it says perfect love casts out fear. And I think that fear permeates our society today. Fear is, to me, a demonstration of a lack of faith in God's sovereignty. I'm not going to claim that I have perfect, unshakable, never wavering faith. But ultimately, I know that our nation was founded by men who had a strong faith in God. And our nation will only continue and proceed toward becoming again what it was originally if we maintain and grow that faith in God and demonstrate that faith in God with our actions, with our attitudes, with our words, and yeah, with our prayers. So that's what I want to leave you with as Christmas approaches. I hope it's a joyous time for you. And I would say to you what the angel said to many, do not be afraid. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.